On April 10th, 1997, a woman from Boston, Massachusetts is on vacation with her husband in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She sets out to go sightseeing and never returns. Five months later, her skeletal remains are going to be found over 700 miles away in the forest near Asheville, North Carolina. How did she get there? Why did she go? And most importantly, who murdered her? These are just some of the unanswered questions in this baffling case. You're listening to the Mysterious Bruise Podcast, and tonight we bring you the case of Judy Smith. Welcome to a deep, dark, dank, and significantly moist, because we've been getting some feedback on how moist the basement is. In the bowels of Georgia, a little fallen there. What's fallen? The leaves. Yeah, it's fall, y'all. Pumpkin spice latte and Uggs. Oh, They're Jesus. abound everywhere. Fuck that, man. Well, no uh, big news on the charts this week, even though we have mm-hmm. had over 500 downloads on our Gordon Collins episode. People seem like oh Gordo. It's a good episode, man. I think we did pretty good on it. Not really, but I just say that. Well, it's sad, but I must commend the Georgia Bulldogs on a game well played. This will be a couple weeks before you hear this, but on Saturday, Tennessee came up just a little short. Apparently, there's two halves to a football game. If we were playing just one half, Tennessee would have won. <laughs> but come to... Come to find out that there's two of them. There are two halves. And it was the tale of two halves. Yeah, apparently so. Our uh, compadre from up north, the Yank, tweeted me during uh, the game and and said the coach is going to have to share some of his jujitsu mojo with Garantano. Uh, Yeah, unfortunately. On the Instagram front we are sitting at 285 and what are we about a thousand on twitter we almost got 600 we're getting close not bad i can't believe facebook's as popular as it is man it's because i'm posting memes like crazy dude people love the memes people love the links it's fun stuff if you're not following our facebook and you're following anything else you really need to be following our facebook because we uh we pretty much just post on Facebook ever. All the funny stuff's on the Facebook, so if you want, go ahead. If not, I don't fucking know. It's Tuesday. We're drinking on a Tuesday. Drinking on a Tuesday. Yeah. Drinking on a Tuesday. I gotta work tomorrow, but that don't really matter. Cause I oh I can't run. <laughs> what are we drinking? <laughs> What we're drinking is Asheville Brewing Company's Asheville and Black IPA. It is a black IPA, believe it or not. It's 6.1% alcohol, 67 IBUs for people that understand what that means. But I'll tell you what it is. It's freaking delicious. It's quite tasty for a black IPA, I will say that. Well, I mean, you take the best part of a stout or a porter, and then you just hop the hell out of it. You You can't go wrong with that. 
No, you can't. But today we have an extremely strange case. Yes, we do. It was featured on... Um, Wait for it. Hold on. I almost said Mysterious Bruce. It was featured on Mysterious Bruce, which it really was now, but it was on Unsolved Mysteries. But this is not where... I did not realize it was on Unsolved Mysteries until after we picked the case. So, Yeah, they did an episode in 2001. Yeah, we didn't mean to copy them, but we did. It happened. As you should know about our podcast by now is we don't answer a lot of questions and this one is certainly going to leave you with a bunch of freaking questions that you can't answer you won't answer but never almost certainly will never be answered so miss judith judy eldridge basically did not have such an easy life growing up she was born in 1946 into a working-class family in Massachusetts. When she was just out of high school, she got married, and that marriage failed almost immediately due to her husband abandoning her. Abandoning. Abandoning her. Abandoning. Because he was a draft dodger and fled to Sweden so he didn't have to fight in the Vietnam War. You know, with this whole thing about being patriots and all this stuff, you... I'm sorry. I just can't blame somebody for running away from the Vietnam War. That's just me. All he had to do was go to college. Well, I mean, some people ain't built for college. Back then, everybody <laughs> could go to college. Now, no, back then, everybody could afford right. college. That's true. Now, her second marriage was to a thoroughbred racetrack worker named Charles Bradford. Oh, yeah? Yes. Is that right? That is right. And they had a son and a daughter, but... Like the first marriage, this one also ended in divorce. Judy now found herself twice divorced without a job and raising two small children by her lonesome. But did she find herself living in a van down by the river? Not yet. She did manage to raise those youngsters quite well and put herself through nursing school. Nice. Good for her. She pulled herself out of the gutter. Got herself off of welfare, advanced quickly in her nursing field, and raised those two children to be productive citizens of the country. I mean, almost 99.9% of the people would have said productive members of society, but you chose to go with that word, that word puzzle, whatever the fuck you just said. <laughs> she was, <laughs> and still is, a poster for the classic single mother success story. She was smart, assertive. I don't know if she is in steel. Well, she's not now, but... I mean, I don't hate to say this, but this is not... Foreshadowing. Going. I hate to be a spoiler alert. This ain't going to end well. <laughs> if you didn't clue in on the past tense words that we were using, now you know. Judy was a smart, assertive, take-charge sort of person who took pride in her ability to look after herself, her kids, and her street smarts. Now... While she was working as a home health care nurse for a dying Boston man, she was introduced to this man's son, and he was Mr. Jeffrey Smith. He was a very successful lawyer, and after being together for 10 years, they finally decided to get married in November of 1986. Now, what took so long, in my research, seemed to be Judy's idea, because he was smitten. Yeah, and it was her idea to take it very, very slow because she had been married, she'd been divorced, she'd been 
put through the ringer pretty much, and she wanted to make certain that if she was going to get married again, it was for real, and she loved him, and blah, 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 blah. And that's why it took so long, but they did eventually get married, so. Yep, and she seemed like she was extremely happy, and so did he. So, third time's a charm, she had found domestic bliss. The pair had every reason to expect a long and prosperous life ahead. But, on April 9th, 1997, five months after the wedding, the Smiths headed for Logan International Airport. They were planning to attend a pharmaceutical conference in Center City, Pennsylvania, where young Jeffrey, who was an expert in healthcare law, was going to moderate a panel. At the airport, Judy realized she had forgotten to bring her photo ID, so she was unable to get on the plane. Jeffrey and her decided that he would go ahead and take the scheduled flight, and she would follow up with another flight later that day. Yeah, he had he he had something going on at the conference, so he could not miss that flight no matter what. So, so that's she, why they separated. She made it to Philadelphia and the hotel around 10 p.m. that evening, and they called up, met up, whatever you want to say. According to him, she brought him flowers. Yes, as a to way to apologize. apologize. Which is kind of odd. Yes. But we don't, again, we don't, know, not again, but we don't know the extent of their relationship. Maybe that was a normal thing. Maybe that was just a, like a little ha-ha joke she used to do. Who now, knows, really? In addition to Mr. Smith stating that she did come to the hotel, there were several attendees of the conference and staff members of the hotel that did see her arrive and the hotel desk employee also stated that she did bring in flowers and they retired to their hotel room with a lovely dinner of pizza yeah and what's going to end up happening is they're going to question uh mr smith once Judy disappears, and it's going to make a whole lot. The story he is, the, this, this story of her forgetting her ID, having to get a later flight, is very suspect, and it would be something I would definitely investigate if it weren't for the fact that this, there are several eyewitnesses step forward and say that, yes, they did see her. Yes, they did see her bringing flowers. Yes, someone checked in and used that plane ticket. They are going to suspect that maybe he just got, he just killed her in Boston and she never came to Philadelphia in the first place. But again, that's going to be pretty much just a theory and it's going to be eradicated fairly quickly. So the next morning on April the 10th, Jeffrey stated that he woke up before Judy and he went to eat breakfast at the hotel. When he got back to the room, Judy was in the shower. They talked briefly. And he left for that day's yeah, first session. Yeah, he's going to tell her that the breakfast downstairs is really excellent and that uh, she should go get, get some before she goes out sightseeing. And she actually makes a joke while she's in the shower that she should just go with what she's wearing now, meaning butt naked. A la nude. So I say that because it just gives you a little bit of an idea of what her mindset is right now. She's in a joking mood. She's not sad. She's not unhappy. She's not angry. She's in a playful mood. She's joking with her husband. About to go see the Liberty Bell. She's about to go see Independence Hall. I've been to both, and they are one uh, just magnificent places to visit if you've never been. Please go before it's all over. <laughs> 
They agreed to meet back at 6 p.m. at the hotel so that the two could attend the conference's cocktail party together. And that would be the last time that Jeff spoke to Judy. So Jeff arrives back at the hotel room around 6, but Judy wasn't there. He assumed that she had already gotten ready and went to the cocktail party before him. But he went downstairs to check, and she wasn't there. So he decides to start calling local hospitals to see if something had happened, and no one at the local hospitals matched Judy's description. He would spend a lot of time and his own money on this investigation, including sending Judy's missing person flyers to hospitals across the country. He's going to end up sp- uh, purchasing and sending over nine thousand missing poster missing person posters now again if you're involved somehow with your wife's disappearance spending that kind of money at that time i mean nine thousand copies at that time that's not cheap nine thousand copies right now is not cheap well that's true too but i'm saying especially then because you had to go to i don't even know if kinko's was open back then was kinko's open back was kinko's a thing back then 97 probably it wasn't 97, was it? Yes, oh, genius. It was 97. I thought it was 87. God. Excuse me, Jesus Christ. They met in 87 or I'm sorry, I forgot that. I forgot how long Unsolved Mysteries was on the air. Forever. I know. I always think that when I'm when we mention Unsolved Mysteries case, I'm thinking 80s or, or uh, later. My bad, okay? I'm going to let you get by with this one. <laughs> and as Coach stated, the police did look seriously at Jeff as a suspect. Because you have to. Yes, the husband. It's the husband. 95.2 thousand times zero divided by the square root of four percent chance that it's the husband (laughs) and as many other murder podcasts will tell you you start from the inner circle and you work out yeah so there were several possible sightings of judy in and around philadelphia on april the 10th and the following days a hotel employee remembered judy asking him where she could catch the flash that is the philadelphia slash (laughs) public transit basically (laughs) And that's a bus that travels throughout the various historic attractions. But according to the driver that comes by the hotel, Judy caught the bus that afternoon and exited near the Doubletree Hotel. Now, later that same afternoon, she was seen entering and exiting the Greyhound bus station about 10 minutes away from the hotel. People have theorized that she was going in to use the bathroom. Now, another witness also believes that they saw Judy near the hotel acting, quote, disoriented around 3 p.m. Yeah, but isn't this going to be proven false, though? Well, that's there's this is kind of a gray area because the day after she went missing, she was seen acting strangely at a Macy's at the Deptford Mall in New Jersey. Both a salesperson and a customer were able to describe her, even mentioning the bright red backpack that she always carried. Well, I was, yeah, keep that in mind. That's going to come into play a little later. She has a, her favorite red backpack that she takes with her everywhere. Anyway, now, but I'm talking about the wasn't didn't. Yeah, I'm getting there. Okay, God, God. calm down. I just I'm just excited. Obviously, I just I just like I like this stuff, man. I'm I'm excited about murder for some reason. Yeah. The woman in question at the Deptford Mall in New Jersey was supposedly shopping for a dress for her daughter and herself, but both people stated that she seemed unstable. 
As the woman was leaving, she tried to get a younger woman to leave with her. She seemed to think that the woman next to her was her daughter. Judy's family believes that this was, in fact, Judy. Now, here's where Coach was chomping at the bit. A homeless woman in the area apparently bore a striking resemblance to Judy, and this would undermine a lot of the possible sightings. My bad. I'm sorry. I actually did a little research, and I was excited to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, months later in July, a woman reported seeing Judy at the Wild Wild West Casino in Atlantic City. Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West. We're going straight to We're going straight to (laughs) Meanwhile, several people reported seeing Judy at Penn's Landing in Philadelphia. Authorities concluded that the woman was not Judy, but rather the homeless woman who bore a striking resemblance. Now, Judy's son, Craig, even mistook this woman as his mother. David, a homeless man who was shown a picture of Judy, insists he saw her twice and not the lookalike. He claimed that Judy had slept on a bench next to his and that he tried to buy her a coffee in the morning. Judy's son and her husband, Jeff, Both believe this man's claims. In September of 1997, and to be more specific, on the 7th of September, a father and son were going deer hunting in the Pisgah National Forest in North Carolina. Near a picnic area, they stumbled upon what they thought was a partially buried skeleton wrapped in a blue blanket. Some of the bones had been scattered around the area by animals, The deceased person had been wearing insulated underwear, blue jeans, and hiking boots. In a small hole near the body was a blue vinyl backpack. Now, depending on what you read, the backpack was either blue or other reports state that the backpack was red. And we both know... I have not seen any... I don't know where you did your research, uh, but I I didn't see anything that said... uh... The only article I found was, was on medium.com, and they, this is where the blue came in. And, and then they referenced a news article. No, I'm saying I didn't see anything said red. No, oh, you've never seen red? Everything said blue, oh, okay. including the Unsolved Mysteries, Unsolved Mysteries themselves. So She also, or not she, but in the, in the backpack, there was also winter clothing and $80 cash. In a different hole, a shirt was found with $87 in the pockets. There was also a pair of high-dollar sunglasses, and a coroner concluded that the remains were that of a white female in their late 40s to mid-50s, and due to puncture wounds and cuts on the, the deceased's bra, it is believed that she was stabbed to death. While authorities worked on identifying the woman, they came across a missing persons flyer about Judy. Now remember, like Coach stated, Jeff had faxed nine thousand copies well not necessarily faxed them but we could go on say 40 percent of that which is still a couple of thousand flyers that he faxed all over the country and so the coroner decided to request judy's dental records and they were going to compare them to that of the jane doe that they had found The body also showed evidence of extensive arthritis in its right knee, which Judy had, 
and was still wearing a wedding ring, which seems to have been identified as Judy's. When they get to compare the dental records, they have a match. And Judy's case has na- was now classified as a homicide. Investigators with the Buncombe County, North Carolina Sheriff's Office ruled out Jeff as a suspect in Judy's homicide because, according to them, Jeff was morbidly obese and investigators said he wouldn't have been able to physically carry her body to the area it was located. However, Philadelphia police did not clear Jeff as a suspect. Well, you know, it's pretty... um it's pretty easy to tell if you watch the Unsolved Mysteries, if you see the man. He's a big, big man. And it's not to say that it's impossible for for him to have carried her to he where she was. He just doesn't look like the outdoorsy type. He just doesn't look like the type that could pull it off. Now, again, you have to, who knows how, how long, of how long did he have? Could have had hours. Could have had days. I mean, but it just, you look, take one look at him and. You're like, nah, he he didn't carry her up there. But that's not to say that he may have not had an accomplice. He may have had an accomplice. Several people in the Asheville area recall having seen Judy or a woman matching her description. Late April, early May. Yeah. Who did this now? What? Several people in Asheville. Yeah. So that will pretty much, what's going to happen is people in Philadelphia, once she is found in Asheville, they're going to assume that there's a good chance that she was kidnapped or abducted. But once the, once her body's identified, people in Asheville are going to start coming out saying that they actually saw her alive, well, and happy. Yeah, a clerk at a, a local store stated... I got her name if you would like it. Go ahead. Her name is Joan Stucker. Yep, she said, and I quote, she seemed very alert to me. She was very pleasant. I didn't see anything about her that would indicate that she wasn't right in any way. The woman she talked to said her husband was an, was an attorney from Boston attending a conference in Philadelphia, and during that time she had just decided that she was going to go to Asheville. An employee at the Biltmore State also recalls seeing Judy. Listen, you don't just decide. Your husband's at a conference in Philadelphia. And you get out of the shower and you're thinking, I'm going to go get me some bacon and eggs. Oh, by the way, I'm, I'm going go to go to bacon and eggs. I'm going to Asheville. Go see the Liberty Bell and then I'm going to go to Asheville. We're talking 700 miles. So we're talking to get from Philadelphia to Asheville, North Carolina. You have to go through New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, Washington, D.C., Virginia, and then a little tiny piece of Tennessee and go down into Asheville, North Carolina. That's not just something you do on a whim. No. You just don't say to yourself, self, I'm sorry, I said 700 miles. It is 620 620 miles, between 620 and 610 miles to the city of Asheville. Now, she's going to be found a little bit west of Asheville. Yeah, and as I was stating, the employee at the Biltmore said that at a campground near where her body was found, the owner of the campground had stated that she drove up to the campground in a gray sedan filled with boxes and bags and asked if she could spend the night there in her car, and he told her that was not an option, and she drove away. A deli owner in the same area told the Philadelphia City paper that Judy came up to her store in a gray sedan and bought $30 worth of sandwiches and a toy truck. 
Local investigators in the area consider both of these sightings to be credible. Really? So she did have a car at some point? That's what those two people say. So, I mean, and it's the same gray sedan that the campground owner said that she was in. So you have three people that are saying that she was traveling in a gray sedan. Man, okay. Just a little sidebar. If you have never been to the Biltmore Estate, good God. Do it. Actually, go up there at Christmas time because it's amazing. That house is insane. And take the secret tour because it's worth it. Most secret tours or behind the scene tours suck. <laughs> if you ever go to the Georgia Aquarium, don't pay the extra money to see the behind the scenes. It's awful. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is the end of the sidebar, but it's also the end of most of the facts of this case. Which is sad, but it's true. Like, we. The information is lacking, but the um, theories about theories and the questions and the mystery, no shortage, my friends, no shortage. Now, in an op-ed piece on, I can't remember the website's name, so we're just going to go with, I don't know. There was two theories put forth, and these were pretty good theories. The first one stated that, and we can get into disproving these on our own accord but the first one stated that judy knew someone in north carolina that she wanted to go see she used the business trip as an opportunity to go down there while she was in north carolina either the person she went to meet up with or a different person killed her and the author states that i suspect if judy traveled so far to meet up with someone that person may have been a love interest was judy having an affair now, on a podcast that recently covered this called The Crime Lines, they indicated that Judy had been reluctant to get married and described Jeff as a, quote, needy person. No one knows what their marriage was truly like except for Judy and Jeff, and we will likely never know. But it is a possibility that Judy was kindling a relationship on the side and meeting up with that person in North Carolina. However, I'm not so sure that this is credible because she had a prime opportunity when she forgot her ID to not even take the flight. Yeah, that's that's exactly one of the biggest questions I have. If she's going to ditch her husband, why bother going to Philadelphia in the first place? And the thing is, a lot of people like, forgot your ID. Da, 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 da. Well, doing our little research. Around the time that she, they went to this conference is when airlines started the mandatory process of you having to prove who you were mm-hmm. to get on the flight. So this could have been easily, she had been traveling before a year before this incident, and she didn't have to have an ID, and then this time she just forgot it. Well, it just sounds so weird, in the, especially now the world that we live in. That you didn't, you're going to travel out, yeah, away without You're going to go anywhere without your ID. Like, that's ridiculous. To us, that sounds insane, but, you know, it's what uh what it used to be. Now, this author had stated, kind of like we did, that if she was going to do this, she would have, it would have been more plausible for her to buy a round-trip ticket to go to North Carolina to spend the day down there without Jeff noticing. Maybe she just decided that she wanted to go on a day trip, but the questions that we have, according to this theory or I have, according to this theory, would be whether or not investigators went through her financial uh, 
transactions. And I read somewhere that from the day she arrived in Philadelphia to the day her body was discovered, she did not use her American Express gold card. So now we get into this person's second theory. And it says that uh, Judy made a spontaneous decision to just up and leave, either for a short time or indefinitely. And they believe that this is a possibility that she may have just needed a break from Jeff and for whatever reason decided to take a trip to North Carolina. If an alleged sighting of Judy in Asheville is true, then she told a store clerk that she was from Boston and decided to come down to Asheville during her husband's business trip. Maybe it's as simple as that. And somewhere along Judy's trip, she fell into foul play. Dude, this is a nine and a half hour drive. Okay. You don't just do this on a whim. Right. And that's what this lady says. And and she says, while this is a likely explanation, it is not very plausible because you're looking at 18 to 19 hours in a car. So there wouldn't be that much time to sightsee. Now, in the Unsolved Mysteries episode, they had stated, like Coach had said, that Jeff, from his office, faxed and mailed 9,000 flyers about Judy from Maine to Florida. And the North Carolina doctor slash ER doctor slash coroner saw the flyer when he, or when the hospital that he worked at received it. And then, finding the Jane Doe, he decided, what the heck, let's try it and see what happens. I don't necessarily find that odd, but I do find it extremely lucky. Now, supposedly, there are two very vague connections that Judy has to North Carolina that may actually have nothing to do with the case. According to Wikipedia... Damn, you you citing the... The Wicks, the... you citing the, 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 the whole truth right there, man. You can't get more accurate than Wikipedia. According to the family, she had never expressed a desire to go to North Carolina and, and had only twice been to the general region of the country. Once she had visited Jeffrey for a week when he was at a weight loss clinic in Raleigh-Durham, and on another occasion... She had accompanied a patient on a drive south as he visited family that either A, lived close to North Carolina or Asheville, or in a neighboring area of Virginia or Tennessee. So those are the only two ties to that area that I could find. Now, another theory out there on the interwebs was, and this is a decent, this is pretty good. It says, why even bother going to the conference with her husband if she wanted to meet up with a lover or to walk away? She could have made up any number of excuses to not attend, giving her multiple days to conduct her affair or slash start a new life slash take a break, and her husband would have never known. This just doesn't make sense. Also, a planned rendezvous with a lover in North Carolina does not make sense either because they could have just met in Philly, but other people state that she may have met someone in Philadelphia and she was abducted. But again, there's holes in that because she is seen at the antique shop in Asheville. She's seen by several other people in Asheville uh, by herself in in good spirits. And dressed for hiking. So again, Mm -hmm. yes, just like that. And so she would not, that's not something that an abductee would do. And of all the sightings of her in both Philadelphia 
and Asheville, she is alone. Yes. But what I find odd is the fact that she there is no sightings of her anywhere Any, else. In between. Anywhere in between. So that would lead someone to believe that she flew, but there's no there's no record of a plane ticket being purchased. And a lot of people point out that she was seen at the Greyhound station, but surely investigators would have checked the manifest of the the buses leaving and who was on it. True, and then they would have at least interviewed somebody. Right. And somebody would have came forward. Surely somebody would have came forward and said they saw her on the bus. Because, again, uh, in a car, it's nine and a half hours. On a bus, it's probably going to take... 10, 11 hours. Yeah, 10, 11, 13 hours because they make frequent stops, and when they stop, they rest. You know, they anytime they stop at a convenience store or whatever to get gas, they're going to stop for 20, 30 minutes, 30 minutes yeah. to let everybody stretch their legs and... Go poo-poo and all that stuff. Now, on the theory that her marriage was in trouble, that doesn't hold a whole lot of water either because if she had maritable, marital problems, more than likely she would have confided in someone. Well, her friend on Unsolved Mysteries claims that that's what they believe is that she ran away from him because she knew that they were having marital problems. But there's a huge difference between having... Some slight marital problems, arguing, fighting, and to the point where you're going to leave. You're going to run away to another, to several states away without saying anything to anyone, without leaving a note, nothing. You're not going to tell your, 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 your children. You're not going to tell your friend. You're not going to tell anybody. That's, 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 that's a drastic, drastic move. Yeah. And, and basically going along those lines, you know, she could have, if it was, I want to get away, any of those flights, buses, rental car, whatever, that's going to leave a track of some sort. And however she made it down there was very difficult for anyone, including law enforcement, to track her trip from Philly to North Carolina. Well, I mean, we do know for a fact somehow she did it because she was found there. Now, there's another theory out there that she did it. She went down there and then she committed suicide. But as we all know, stabbing yourself in the chest is not usually a way that a person commits suicide. Well, we also have to remember the fact that they found skeletal remains. And the only reason why they claim... That it was a stabbing murder is because of the, the condition of her clothing and the, the bra had nicks in it that were consistent with stab wounds. And while... But that, so, but that doesn't prove anything. That doesn't prove that she was murdered. She could have failed. Right. And then the other thing is, those we don't have the autopsy report, so we don't know if there was nicks on the bones. And again, if there were nicks on the bones, that could be animal predation. Also... An area to raise some eyebrows at is that they said she was in a shallow grave, depending on what you look at. But really, her remains were found in a hollowed out area where a tree had been uprooted. So was she really buried there? Was she drug out by something? And by something, I mean, there are bears up there. 
They could have easily pulled someone out of a tarp. Yeah, but I mean, it's just black bears. We're not talking grizzlies or polars or... Next time you go up there, you let me know, <laughs> Yogi. I ain't afraid of no black bear. All right, so another one, another theory is, and we've kind of touched on this already, is maybe she purposefully forgot her ID so that she could, quote, bring some different luggage without her husband noticing. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good, uh, that's a good question. I mean, that's a good suggestion that that's what she did. I was going to suggest that perhaps she had some sort of business that she had to take care of without him knowing back in Boston, you know, maybe she had to meet somebody with a shady business deal or breaking it off with a lover or rendezvousing with the lover. And, you know, something was keeping her in Boston. But it would make more sense for her to leave from Boston after his flight took off and head to North Carolina than it would to catch a later flight, then go up to Philly, take a shower, and then go, quote, sightseeing and then never return if she left on her own volition. Yeah, that, that, that really doesn't make sense that she would go to Philadelphia. To me, that wouldn't make sense. And lastly... And we all knew it was coming. Well, there's two. Both, I think, are horseshit. The first one is they, and it's a small percentage of they, think that she ran into an opportunistic killer or a serial killer. Well, we do have to um, state the fact that robbery was not the, the robbery was not the motive in this murder because her she was found with her cash on her she was found with her wedding ring which was a diamond she was found with basically nothing missing she was just dead well and could it be explained away with she was attacked somehow she managed to run away and then she bled out i mean perhaps but again i just don't again going back to the blair adams thing I just don't understand murdering somebody and not robbing them. I just don't understand why, how that is even a thing. Well, and the other thing with the serial killer um, avenue is there was a serial killer in the area, and they had found a victim of his tied to a tree not far from where she was located. Yeah, but he, okay, so let's say it is a serial killer. That still, I mean, doesn't explain why she's in Asheville, North Carolina to begin with. So we're we're talking, I mean, and this I'm not taking away from the theory and saying it's not possible. But for someone to pull this off. Nine hours away. Run away from their husband. Flee nine hours to get away. And then you just so happen. To bump into. To bump into a serial killer. That is just some, I mean, you want to talk about some world-class bad luck. But her family is going to state that she was a very trusting person. And it's not out of the realm of possibility that she could just been talked into going somewhere and putting herself in a dangerous situation well, it without could be her used, realizing it. A ruse could have been used with her being a nurse and them, you know, I need help, I need medical attention. That's and then true. She would have, you know, kind of went into that nurse mode. 
and then found herself in a situation she couldn't get out of. That's that's a good point as well. And then the last one that I think is the worst one is people on the interwebs, on Reddit, state that this is not her body. It was, they proved it was. I know, but they (laughs) swear. There are many threads out there that it is not her body, and it was just, it's just a, a whim that this person's dental records matched hers and they had arthritis in the same knee. But that doesn't explain her, um, that doesn't explain her being in the antique store in Asheville. I agree. It doesn't explain her introducing herself as Judy. And her husband's from Boston and, and her, a lawyer. And her husband's from Boston and a lawyer. And they were at a conference in Philadelphia. How does that make sense? It doesn't. That's so why I said it was horseshit. So, I mean, it, who knows? It could it could possibly well, not, not be her body, but still, she's in. She went to Asheville. And my thing is this. it's That, that one's easily proved right or wrong. Just do a DNA test. That's all you have to do. But as far as I know, they've not done one. Now, like we stated, Unsolved Mysteries did a segment on this in 2001. Trace Evidence did a podcast. 13 O'Clock also did a podcast. And the one that I like is The Trail Went Cold did a podcast. There is also a Facebook group set up about Uh, I liked The Vanished one. I didn't find that one. The Vanished was a pretty good one on this. I listened to it, and I listened to um, The Trail Went Cold. And then I went right back to my old school pro wrestling podcast. Excellent. I tend to listen to those. I don't really want to listen to a lot of true crime podcasts because I don't want to end up copying them. You know what I'm saying? I kind of don't want to. Because even if you don't mean to, at some point, you're going to you know, start sounding very familiar. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, uh, yeah. I, I got you, buddy. So I tend to steer clear of them. Now, that are that are. <laughs> now, that is the prevalent theories out there. And so now we get into our theories, which I don't know. I mean, how she got well, from we... Philly to uh, Asheville just boggles my mind. Well, I mean, before we get to that, there's just some questions, you know, like, and I know we've, we've, we, we're going to rehash a bunch of them, but I just, I got them wrote down and I want to go over them. So, cause we've already covered most of them, but I'm just saying like in the grand scheme of this case, the, and the, the questions that you can't have an answer to are just going to bother me for a long time. I mean, if she, pur- did she purposely leave her ID? If so, why? And what she- did she have to do? But it sounds like there was only a couple of hours between his flight and her flight because she was at she was in Philly by ten and eating pizza. Yeah, but uh, again, I'm, I didn't say. It. Well, I mean, Boston to Philly is not a long flight. No, I, I know that, but I'm just saying. I mean, that's going to give her what tops two hours. We don't know how far away. Um, we don't know how far away their house was from the airport. Did they drive? Did they take public oh, well, transportation? Oh, or did she have a meeting with somebody near the airport? I mean, what I'm saying is two hours is two, three hours is a long time to do something. To do the nasty. No, I didn't say that. (laughs) And I'm not ever, I'm not going to say that. 
I'm not so I don't think she was cheating on her on her husband. I think she I was either. If she purposely left her ID, I think it's because she had to take care of something that she could not let him know about. And I'm talking about something nefarious. Perhaps she was involved in something that no one else knew about. Pain meds? No, no. I mean, I'm talking maybe like, maybe she was a spy. Maybe she worked for the CIA. Who knows? Nothing's off the table in this case. Nothing. No, you're right, because there's so, nothing makes sense. Yeah, if if she purposely left her ID, I want to know why. What happened between uh, the two flights? That w- We can't have an answer to it. But I would love one. I would like to see the investigative file and the autopsy report. You know, did they? What time did his flight land in Boston? What time did her flight leave Philly for Boston? Well, and then, yeah, that's a good question. And then, okay, another question is if she did this on purpose, why bother going to Philly in the first place? Right. That's my biggest thing. That if doesn't she was, make sense. Yeah. If she was going to, she had the prime opportunity to not even go on the trip by staying home and just using the, well, I forgot my ID. You just go ahead and I'll be here when you get back. Okay. And if, um, and if she, she did ditch her husband purposely, how, how did she get there? How did she leave? And why Asheville is a huge question. Why Asheville? We have very, very loose connections that you mentioned earlier, but I don't buy that. I mean, just you pick somewhere randomly or you, it, Ash, the the fact she goes to Asheville doesn't make sense, at all. Why? Yeah, I, I don't understand. That and either. she's seen. It's easy to say, well, she was abducted and blah blah blah. But she's seen. She's she's seen shopping, happy, and people are going to say, well, maybe she suffered a head injury and had amnesia. That cannot be the answer to every mystery that we cover, and. Simple fact is, is that, I mean, that's the default. That's what happened when we covered the two people that disappeared in the woods and reappeared. Oh, they got amnesia. Oh, they got hit on the head. They had a head injury. How common <laughs> is that? She, Yeah, they had, she had a psychotic break. Uh, she didn't know, but she was in good spirits, according to the people that saw her in Asheville. Yeah, you could say a psychotic break all you want, but again, she was happy. Maybe she didn't suffer from insanity. Maybe she enjoyed every second of it. True. But (laughs) it doesn't make... I mean, if you go down the route that she did it on purpose, she did it, then how did she run into somebody that's going to murder her? Like, what kind of bad luck could you possibly have to where that's the result? I mean, really? You're going to run into a murderer? But maybe... Okay, but then if you go down the route of... She didn't do it on her own. She had help. She was with somebody. Who was it? No one. She like. I can't believe that no one on. If she was having an affair, or she was involved in something that she wasn't supposed to, that nobody on the planet knew, or at least knew knows well enough to keep their fucking mouth shut for, for- thirty years. Or 23 no, it's, years. It's going on. Yeah, yeah. 23 years. Somebody's going to say something at some point. Well, and I saw a thing on Reddit that said that uh, she could have been killed 
outside of Philly and whoever had killed her just happened to be going to Asheville and dumped her body there. But that doesn't account for the sightings in Asheville. No, it doesn't. That's why this case is baffling. Baffling because there are relatively great assumptions that you can make in this case, but there's facts that will blow that out of the water. None of the pieces fit together. So, oh, she was just abducted. She was abducted and murdered and dumped in Asheville because it's a different state. Nobody's going to think anything. Okay, well, they saw her in Asheville. And she, and it's not like the person at the antique store didn't look like her. The lady was like, yeah, that's who I saw. And yeah. she said her name was Judy and she was yeah, married to like, a lawyer from Boston. Yeah, she said that the, the lady in the antique store was like, oh, I, I know a lady that's from Boston. Her name's Judy. And she's like, oh, my God, my name's Judy, too. And, you know, they bonded over that. And But if you say, well, okay, well, she went she went on her own. Why? You can't answer that question. There's no, there's no reason for it. So that piece won't fit together. And I refuse to allow amnesia to play a part in this case. There is something, there is a key element to this that we that is missing and we'll never know. And amnesia is not it. She didn't hit her head and wander to Asheville. If she did, how? They can't prove how. There's no, no witnesses on, uh, at the bus. There's no witnesses. There's no... There's no cookie trail. There's no bread tra- cookie trail. Idiot. There's no bread trail anywhere. There's no credit card receipts. There's no plane tickets. There's no bus tickets. There's no rent cars. There is nothing. And I damn sure know she didn't walk. <laughs> no, she didn't walk for... 610 nine. miles. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you what do you think? Let's get into our stuff. It's not going to make any sense. I don't have a theory, to be honest with you. I think we, I think we're evolving into that. I, I know that when we first started doing this podcast, we were trying really hard to put forth an opinion. But the more cases we start going over, the 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 wilder we want them to be. You know what I mean? We're trying to not do run of the mill cases anymore. So we're running out of ideas. We're not very smart people. So we can't put we can't put theories together if there's if none of it makes sense. I promise I don't think she ran off on purpose. But I also don't think she was abducted. And I also don't think she had amnesia. I don't so think I she had, was having an like, affair either to be honest yeah, with you. That's what I, yeah, I don't So it there is no I have no answer. I can't have an answer. Because those are the only things that make sense. Those are the only options that could possibly make sense. But none of them fit. And none of them are none of them are true, in my opinion. Maybe she had a time slip. Maybe she was at the Liberty Bell, took a right. Next thing you knew. She winds up in the Biltmore house. She's, she's in the Biltmore house. That's as good a theory as any I mean, I've seen. Who knows? She stepped through the fabric of time and space into another state. Is a good is just as good as a good answer as anything. Yeah, and I'm just trying to like, even if she was a history buff and she liked historical tours, you're not just going to be looking at the Liberty Bell and say, "Hmm, I think I'm going to go to the Biltmore House." No. And then camping in a car because that gray sedan seen twice. But I would like to know: Do those people know each other? 
Okay, well, it uh, then what about the gray sedan? Like that's what I'm saying. I would like. No, to know. I mean, how did she get it? How, yeah, that's how yeah. did she get it? Where is did it she re- get that? Yeah, out? where is it a rental car? There's no record of her renting a gray sedan. Did she steal it? If she stole it, why? I mean, I would love, absolutely love to hear anyone's theory on this. Please, if you're one of the the 20 people that are our hardcore fans that we love each and every one of, and you like to communicate with us on the Facebook or Twitter, please, please let us know your opinion because I am 100% baffled by this. I just don't understand it. And again, we're going to have, I think we're going to have to do like an offshoot podcast about solved cases that we'll call it not mysterious bruise. And there'll be like five minutes (laughs) and it'll be like the husband did it. He got arrested. He was like, he confessed like he confessed within like 20 minutes. We could, we could start doing those. We could do reviews of the, uh, true crime shows on Netflix, the American murder. That guy's a piece of shit. Yeah, he is. But, um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, just so we can have answers, answers. Like we'll just do, we'll do two for ones. We'll do our mysterious, our mysterious episode at the very end. We'll throw in one that solved. We'll throw in a solved one. And every time it'll be husband did it, confess 10 minutes. <laughs> Drug deal gone bad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so my theory is, who the fuck knows? <laughs> Amen. And I'm sorry, but I would love, absolutely love, to hear from people and let, let let's see what they think. We may do a poll. Do you think it's the just took off on a whim, met up with a lover, or? Ultimate bad luck. Okay. But ultimate bad luck does not explain how she got from Philly to Asheville. All right, let's get into recommendations. Well, hold on. Before we do that, I think people like our little countdowns. So I'm going to hit you with one. And we didn't plan this one, so we did a little bit a few weeks back. We said it'd be a good topic, but I'm gonna, we may have to pause it and edit, give you a little bit of chance to think about it. But I'll I'm go gonna, on the fly. We both know that Bigfoot is real, correct? Yes. All right. Bigfoot's real, no doubt about it. Top five cryptids most likely to be real that are not Bigfoot. That are not Bigfoot? That are not Bigfoot. Because it'd be number one. We all we both 100% believe in Bigfoot. I, I'm not going to be able to give you a, like a top like the here's five, four, three, two, one, but I'll just give you five. Okay. Okay. No, got, no specific order. I got, I don't know if I can do, like you just said, the top five, but I, I know the one other than Bigfoot that I think is real. Definitely. That I believe in. So I can give you a number one, but I'll give you five as well. Okay. Cryptid wise, I don't know what, if this would that's be. What, that's what, uh, is I don't know if this is doing? cryptid, but the Thunderbird. Uh, or the how's that not a cryptid? Well, it's definitely a cryptid. The, either the I'm not saying the pterodactyl side of it. I'm saying like the true. This is a ginormous actual bird, not a dinosaur, but a a a bird like feathers and stuff. Uh huh. I would like to. I really think there are some credible sightings of that out west. And then you have all of the Native Americans stating that those were real and those are still seen. I think that the 
What's the shapeshifter that the Indians believe in? Skinwalker. Yes, I believe that's real. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. I don't mess around with Native American stuff, man. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I believe those two have a good possibility. I think there are... I guess I could just stop and let you do two, or you want me to just go through No, you keep five? going, man. You're good. Okay. Because I'm looking for one. I can't remember its name. I think this is just a, a blanket statement. There's a lot of cryptids that are sighted in and around the Amazon and on the dark continent in the rainforest and things like that, I think have a good chance of being real too. Because, and this is my argument for Bigfoot, they find troops of gorillas, mountain gorillas, just about every year. Well, you have to think about this. I mean, the megamouth shark used to be a myth. The duckbill platypus used to be a myth. The panda bear used to be a myth. Mountain gorillas used to be a myth. Giant squid used to be a myth. Giant squids have been proven to be real in our lifetime. Yeah. They were a myth 10 years ago, and now everybody knows they're real. I mean, we get animals. All right, so my top two. All the time. Yeah, my top two would be, I don't know if you'd call it the missing link or Neanderthal or whatever, the small hominid that is sometimes seen in the Pacific Island chains. You're talking about the Orang Pendek? Yeah, that's the smaller one. Then my number one, like you said, I give you my number one, the Tasmanian tiger. I think it's, that's not really a cryptid. That's kind of like an extinction. Well, but, that, I mean, we can count that. The thylacine? Yeah, the thylacine. Yeah, I think it's still around, honestly. I mean, I don't I don't see why you wouldn't count that as a cryptid. It used to be real. Gigantopithecus used to be real, and that's what they, we say Bigfoot is. I think that's what Bigfoot is. It's a Gigantopithecus. <laughs> this one's going to, my wildest one that I think is possible. This is a wild one is the Mongolian death worm. Oh, yeah. I think that one might be out there. Well, yeah, because Mongolia, there's nothing out there. There's nothing out there. <laughs> and if you don't know what the Mongolian death worm is, think think of the movie Tremors. Yeah. Except it spits acid. <laughs> <laughs> and will eat your face off. And fucking devour you. Yeah, that's... You know what's surprising? You didn't say Loch Ness. As much as I want to believe, I... It's not on my list either. I just... And I, when I was a kid, dude, I read everything I could get my hands on about Loch Ness. But the more that I've like grown up and researched it, it's just hard for me to see that. I don't know. So I, I went with uh, the Mongolian death worm, Orang Pendex on mine as well. If you don't know what that is, look it up. I'm going to go with the Moleki Membe. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Moleki Membe, M-O-K-E-L-E-M-B-E-M-B-E. Essentially, think Brontosaurus in Africa. Yes. And it has been sighted many times. And I think that, I honestly think it could be out there, man. And people, hold on, I'm going to pause you there for a second. People want want to say, there's no way it's something that big could, you know, not be seen. There are herds of elephants that walk through the jungle that no one ever Mm -hmm. sees or hears. And those some big ass animals. Go ahead. And when's the last time your ass been in the middle of them jungles in you know forests of Africa? I mean, not me. Nope. Anyway, I ain't getting them shots. Uh, see, the reason why I want I let you count the thylacine is because uh, I, one of mine is also an extinct animal that I think could possibly still be out there. Woolly mammoth. Yeah. 
I agree. Way the hell up there in Siberia. Yes. I mean, way up there where nobody goes. And my number one that I think other than Bigfoot that could be out there, and I'm very surprised that you didn't say it on your list. And the reason why I say it is the photographic evidence to me looks extremely real. And that's the Lake Champlain monster. Champ. Champ. Yeah, I was going to say Champ. And the, and Champ, I feel like there's more sightings of Champ every year than there is of Loch Ness. They're close-up sightings, too. It's not like a couple of hundred yards or a mile out into the water. These are, it's sunbathing, come around a cove in a boat, and there it is, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So just Google the Mansi photograph. M-A-N-S-I. And they're going to say, oh, it was a tree stump. It was this. It was that. Not to me. It does not look like that to me. It no, looks I agree with legit you. as hell to me. And that, I mean, honestly, and like I, I posted uh, on the Facebook the other day, the reason why I believe in Bigfoot for any other reason is the Patterson Gillen film. I have watched hundreds of hours total time of that Patterson Gimlin film. I've watched it stabilized. I've watched it unstabilized. I've watched it cleaned up. I've watched the original. I've watched everything. And you can honestly, honest to God, see leg movement, muscle movements. You can see things. You can see her titties. You see things that just could not be fake. And to me, that's why I do buy into this, um, the, the champ uh, monster because that picture that picture is real and it looks very real so give it a look see all right recommendations hell i ain't got that far i don't know what i recommend i recommend oh i recommend get on netflix and watch season two of unsolved mysteries we need to support that as much as possible because if we support it watch it they'll make more and there's nothing wrong with that I saw a little advertisement for them that said since they released the the first volume of the new episodes, they received over 3,000 case suggestions. I bet so. 3,000 unsolved mysteries. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, when it went off the air, it wasn't because they were running out of fodder. It went off the air because they didn't want to back it anymore. My recommendation That's is... Sad. They should have kept backing that forever. Yeah. You must be thinking of another podcast or YMBTOAP on Instagram. They do a great, great job, and they publish every Monday. Stop stop, stop uh, suggesting other podcasts, man. They are also on their game, and they release what they're going to cover monthly. And so, obviously, they have someone that backs them, or they have a lot of free time on their hands because we don't know from week to week. Oh, my God. If we could just <laughs> somehow. If, if you're independently wealthy and yeah. you listen to this podcast, we will we will make this thing shine. If you enjoy this podcast and you are independently wealthy, if you will offer me the exact to the cent amount of money I make a month, I will quit my job and do this permanently, and I promise you this podcast will get so much better. (laughs) (laughs) Hands down. (laughs) Hands down. Yeah, I mean, I listen to some of them that have like 
uh, this was written by, and like they list like eight names. I'm like, man, they got eight writers. What kills me is you'll be listening to a podcast that has multiple episodes, and they're like, well, we consulted our three researchers. What? <laughs> well, hell, if I could find somebody to do all the research for me, we'd be top notch. <laughs> so, yeah. So we are in the market for uh, quitting our jobs. If you want to support us, be our sugar daddy. I'm. We are in the market. And I'm not proud. I'll get a T-shirt with your name on it, like Ricky Bobby. So, all right, Coach, you got anything else? Uh, no, just uh, go balls. Oh, all right, deuces. <laughs>